The Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Learn more at SuccessfulMarriages.org. And here are your hosts, the doctor and the missus, Marissa Q. Payne and Dr. James Payne. Welcome back to Life, Love, and Leadership with Dr. James and Marissa Q. Payne. I'm Marissa Q. Payne. And I am Dr. James Payne, and we're delighted to have you on board for another exciting episode of Life, Love, and Leadership. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. A word of advice, you'll need a notebook for this podcast because in between all the laughing, we tend to drop some real nuggets, tips, tools, resources you can use in life, love, and leadership. So grab a pen or hit the subscribe or follow button so you can come back and not miss a single tidbit. Baby, what is our teaching topic for today? Baby, I'm super excited. We got a hot topic today. We're talking about getting to happy, uh, getting to happy. So people often, you know, have heard our story uh, and ask about, you know, how we got over the hump. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that today and how you reach that place in your relationship where you reach a good flow. Oh, getting to happy. I like it. Yeah, that getting should be to good. happy. Um, this is actually our 10th episode, so I'm excited to be talking about something happy. Yay. It's like a milestone. Happy 10th episode. I feel like sometimes we talk about such tough stuff all the time, so I'm <laughs> excited to be, this is the happy episode. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> so it should be a fun discussion. I'm super excited to get into it, uh, but before we do, let's talk about what's on your mind. Let's get into the what's on your mind segment. This is where I have an opportunity to learn all about what's going on in that pretty little head of yours. <laughs> so what's been going on in your mind this week? Um, so we are fresh off of um, our annual anniversary vacation, which was um, pretty darn good, if I do say so myself. If I do say so myself. And if I do. I do say so myself. <laughs> yes, it was great. We went to London and spent a day in Paris, which was amazing. And um, I could not wait to get back to taping because there is a gotcha story that I have to to share this with ought our to subscribers. Be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Like I got you and it was amazing and I can't wait to tell. Wait, all. you got me. I know we got each other for life. No. <laughs> No. So here is the story, everybody. I want to talk about the vacation, but you have got to hear this story. So a couple of weeks back, um, I think it was our criticism episode, maybe episode five, we talked and my husband talked about me bad about losing things and mm. my propensity to lose things. And he mentioned <laughs> that I left my laptop in the airport on a trip once and how, you know, amazing he is and how he never leaves things and he would just never do that. Okay, so we're at the airport. And um, first of all, when we go through airport security, for whatever reason, you always get stopped. So let's just can you figure out how to get through security? Well, the, the <laughs> second time I got stopped, it was because of something I was carrying for you. <laughs> so do you really want to? Well, that wasn't my fault, though. I mean, because that had already gone through several times without incident. Usually it's because you got something in your pockets. You don't take your belt off. Like, so anyway, I was sitting waiting for you to come through security because you always get stopped. You always get frisked as usual. And, um, so you came over and, um, we were putting, you putting on your shoes and belt and all that stuff. And then you 
started checking your pockets for your cell phone. Mm. No cell phone. You go in there. <laughs> so you go back over to the um, security area and you're like looking for your phone, asking the guys for your phone. They're just like, we don't have a phone. You're getting tense. You go it's over to the desk. It's a highly stressful situation. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. No, no, no. The stress I'm referring to is not knowing where your phone is. Oh, like not knowing where your laptop or that. So it's stress. Oh, this is what I have to say about this before you go any further. <laughs> this ain't God. <laughs> this ain't God. So anyway, he's like going through the bins looking for this phone. He's basically accusing the TSA reps of stealing his phone. <laughs> and then he tells me to call it. So I call the phone. <laughs> and my son <laughs> picks up the phone. <laughs> Who had dropped us off at the airport. <laughs> so basically, you left your phone in the car. Yes, I left my phone in the car. Jordan answers the phone, and I'm just like, wow. So here I go, international without a cell phone. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so, which was hilarious because ironically, it was a tornado. Um, and so he couldn't come back and bring the phone. And it was basically like no phone for you for 10 days while we're overseas. And I just want to say for the record, gotcha. You got me. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so to air is human. Yes. And didn't I handle it well? You did. Like you, you were amazing in that situation. Aww. You didn't dog me till today. <laughs> <laughs> So for me, you technically lose all your amazement because you didn't have good follow through. But I was supportive. I gave you some ideas, you know, for how we could handle it. Yep. And yep. You know, all that was in place. You did a great job there. But for bringing it up today, all of that is forgotten. <laughs> so be careful what you say and don't criticize people because you just never know how it might come back on you. Hey, the truth anyhow. <laughs> it's the truth anyhow. But it was a great trip. What I loved about the trip in particular was I was different this time in terms of planning. Mm. I did not over plan. Mm. So I am that person that has an itinerary and an agenda when mm. we go on vacation. Mm -hmm. And normally it is structured. I do, you know, I mean, it's an international trip, so we're going to see the stuff we're supposed to see, go on the tours and all of that. And uh, I was overdue for vacation. So I really wanted to make sure I didn't need a vacation for my vacation when mm. we got back because I knew I was going to be hitting the ground running when I got back. And so it wasn't overscheduled. Like we saw what we were supposed to see. Right. But like we went by Buckingham Palace. Right. I said, hey, to the queen, I ain't necessarily like go in and listen. Listen to all her right. the people. history and all that. Like we good, you know. It's 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 wonderful. God bless you. Two fingers. This is a very nice gold gate you got out front. Exactly. We got other stuff to do. So I saw, you know, we saw the stuff, but we didn't like waste a lot of time, mm. you know. And so because of that, I had days where I didn't have anything scheduled or maybe like one thing that night you went out in the streets. I stayed home and took it a bath. It was amazing. Like you got to do your thing. I did my thing because for me, again, I have got to be out and about and see what's going on in a new, you know, new space. Yes, so, it was it was good. It was fantastic. It really gave me a lot of perspective on things, too, hmm. uh, with respect to uh, appreciating where you are. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I was riding with a lot of Uber drivers and I was shocked to find that, you know, folks living in Paris 
were actually trying to get to Louisiana. <laughs> the guy was like, I've heard the food in Louisiana is amazing. I can't, I've got to get to Louisiana. Yeah, I'm facts. like, you live in Paris <laughs> and you want to get to if your bucket list item is Louisiana. You know, it, that was pretty amazing. That yeah. was pretty amazing for me. So what was your favorite part? My favorite part of the trip has to be the Eiffel Tower. Mm. That was pretty fantastic to get there uh, and, and, and just have an opportunity to experience that, experience the environment surrounding the tower. It's just an amazing thing. It's breathtaking. Thing. It is breathtaking. Yeah. I actually, we chose London and, and that was our base. Um, and then we took the train to Paris for a day. So um, because I, I thought that I would enjoy the city of London more than Paris. And mm. man, when we got there, I was just like, maybe I made a mistake. I yeah. mean, it, it was it was a beautiful city. Yeah. We really, really, really enjoyed it. And that that Eiffel Tower is amazing. Yeah, amazing. So many different views that you can get from it. And yeah, yeah. I think the other thing that really uh, uh, I enjoyed most was the fashion in both spaces. You know, the fashion was bananas in Paris and London. So good stuff. Great. I think that I've been sharing with uh, my friends since I've been back that are just like, oh, it must be nice. It must be nice to go. And I'm just like, you have dues to pay before you can, you know, sort of do this. It's not like we've been doing this forever. This right. is our only our second trip. Um, and it's we've only been able to do it since our kids were gone. So, you know, we're 24 years in before we could do something like this. So it's really exciting. And um, but I, I mean, we before it was Paris, it was Branson, Missouri, right. you know, right. You so, got to go through your Branson <laughs> to get to your Paris. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so but we have prioritized getting away. Mm. I think that that's the most important thing. And just um, taking some time to um, to unplug and to just be to sort of rekindle mm. and remember like that is a priority and is really, really important. And it's the stuff that memories are made of. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think that regardless of where you go or what you do, you know, yeah. being able to get away without the kids mm -hmm. um, and just having some of that time that you and your partner share um, alone is like. It's critical. Yeah. Everybody needs uh, some space and grace to recharge their batteries and just really unplug from the world around them. Uh, just engage, you know, God's creation and just enjoy life and being um, alone and being with their spouse. So that's critical. Yeah. That's critical. Loved it. All right. So should we get into the fight of the week? Yes. Let's get into the fight of the week. <laughs> let's get into the fight of the week. So while we were gone, you found um, a must have that you just had to have oh, while yes. we were on vacation. Yes. Yes. So I'm going to let you set up. Sure, sure, sure. So I'm a watch person. I love nice watches. And so I just happened to be uh, in London at a watch. Just happened to be in London. <laughs> at, so at a, ridiculous. At a, at a watch boutique. <laughs> and I found this watch that was an amazing watch. And it was uh, because of the currency uh, exchange and the fact that we don't pay uh, taxes on purchases in London. It made the watch price like literally almost a thousand dollars cheaper uh, in U.S. dollars than it would be 
to, to purchase over here. Can you tell the people about my body language right now? Your body language is all over the place and <laughs> your head's down. You're not feeling good about this situation. I feel like you're reliving something and you're not excited about it. <laughs> But breathe in, breathe out. We're going to get through this. Okay. And so I saw this watch, and I knew I had to have this watch. And okay. So now, we had a budget. We had a budget. We had a plan. We agreed we're spending this much money. Right. We both had you an have individual this, right, budget. You have this much to spend, and you have this much. That's right. what we agreed. And it wasn't $1,000. But then I called you. And I, I just wanted to say, for the record, it wasn't $1,000, and you just said you get $1,000 off. But I called you <laughs> from the boutique, okay? And I said, babe, you will not believe what I have found. I have found this watch that I have simply got to take back with me. It's amazing. Here's the deal. I gave you all the details, and you were not as excited as me. <laughs> so I am home. You're out in the streets. I'm enjoying my bath. We agreed on what time you were coming back because we had theater tickets that night. We were going to do dinner. If I'm not mistaken, it may have actually been our anniversary day. You're mistaken. I'm pretty sure you're mistaken. Or the day after. I think yeah, it was the day. Was Lucky the day for you, it was the day after. And so you call me, and you're an hour to 90 minutes late. So you're not mm. back. You're 30 minutes late from when we agreed you would be back. And you're 90 minutes late from when you said you would be back. We said 4 o'clock. You was like, oh, I'll be back at 3. That London traffic, though, you just so never know. So it's 4.30, and you are calling me on 10,000. About this expensive watch that you want to purchase that is outside of our budget, outside of our plan, and you asked my opinion. Yes, I asked your opinion, and uh, you were not thrilled about it. You were like, I'm just going to tell you, I don't think you should do it. I don't think this is a good purchase. I don't think you should make this move. And I immediately, immediately became defensive because I wanted to bring that watch on. <laughs> But I wanted to bring it home in good conscience, you know. I wanted to to get you to my side of the fence. Right. So you call me and ask my opinion, and then I give it to you, and then you're arguing. Your with opinion me. was the wrong opinion. <laughs> Just like what? You were supposed to be so grateful that I called. You were supposed to just give me your blessing. Oh, yeah. So that didn't happen. No. Nope. Then I reminded you that you were late. Which apparently you didn't know. Yep. You reminded me that I was late because I was so focused on what I was doing. I forgot about the theater. Oh, my gosh. So you didn't buy it at that time. Nope. And we argued about it. We argued about it. That watch consumed my thoughts for a few days. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And uh, so, yeah, we had some discussion about it. And, uh, yeah, so I, I eventually made... The decision and, you know, after prayerful and thoughtful consideration to leave the watch in London. <laughs> so I boarded the plane. I boarded the plane. And as I, you know, got on the plane, I put my hand on the window and I said, I'll always love you. <laughs> <laughs> what could have been? <laughs> and how did you get to that decision? <laughs> well, I got to that decision. Uh, I didn't want to. Well, I got there a couple ways. The first way I got there uh, is you actually put the rope down. And so you actually, I worn you down, I think, to the point you were like, you know what? If you want the watch, go get the watch. Please stop talking to me and about so this watch. I was, you know, I was excited. I was going the next day to go pick the watch up. 
And I get in the Uber. I, I, I get to the boutique to, to get this watch. And I'm in the boutique. All that's left for me to do is get a guy in my car, check out, and leave. And I can't get peace about buying this watch. Like, you know, I just have this internal uh, struggle that, you know, I don't feel good about buying this watch, even though I finally got permission to buy this watch. <laughs> and uh, so I decided, you know, I don't feel peace in my spirit about this. Uh, I don't feel any settlement about this. So I just left the watch there. I know. And you were just like, oh, the spirit wouldn't let me do it. Wouldn't let me do it. And I was like, spirit sound a lot like your wife, but you know, whatever. (laughs) 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 So even on our beautiful vacation, periodically we had some heated discussions Mm. and it wasn't like we were like walking around fighting. We would just kind of talk about it. You would share your opinion. And I'd say, well, remember we had this list and this really isn't at the top of the list. And you were like, well, you, you get important things and you don't think my stuff is important, you know? And so that would like go left. So we would just kind of drop it, you know, take a breather, go walking, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. let it go. So that happened like, you know, for a couple of days, like you said. And then finally I was just like, you know what? Let me see the watch. What what is what does it look like? Oh, look at that. That's not wow. That's you know. Yep, you were patronizing just like that. (laughs) It's just Just like like that. Well, because you have a number of timepieces and it sort of looked like several of them to me. Mm. But you know, I was just like Obviously, this is a 10 for you, you know, whatever. You want the watch, get the watch so we can move on with our life. Yeah. So I think that the takeaway is you want to be able to find peace in your purchase. And uh, when you're making high ticket purchases, you know, you want to be able to have some level of peace and agreement uh, with your spouse about doing so. And I wasn't able to find peace. And so I left that particular watch in London. Yay. Yay. I thought it was a terrible idea. But, you know, in the scheme of life, he was asking for some from our joint money and the rest of it he had in his personal money. So I was just like, whatever. (laughs) So, I mean, I came over to your side, but it was clear that I still didn't support it. You Mm -hmm. know, so I Mm -hmm. was willing to go, you know, support you because it was important to you, even Mm -hmm. though I thought it was a bad idea. Mm hmm. Yeah. But when you drop the rope like that, it just called me to another level of consciousness and accountability and just thinking through this on a higher level. Because prior to that, it was just we were combatants. Yeah. But once you drop the rope and we're not combating about this anymore, now I have to deal with the responsibility of being a a person of responsible accountability here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's not about the fight anymore. Now it's like, okay, okay, yikes. Is this really the best thing to do? Yeah, it's kind of like attacking the person versus attacking the problem. Mm -hmm. You know, at first it was about me because it's something at heightened emotion you really, really want. And anybody getting in the way of that is just coming against you, Mm -hmm. right? Which it really, it wasn't really about me, but that's how you were feeling or that's what you were telling yourself to justify what you wanted to do. Um, And then once I wasn't there anymore, then it's like, oh, okay, you know, well then there's some other logical stuff here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, so for today's teaching topic, we're going to be dealing with getting to happy, uh, getting to happy. We encounter so many people who seem to just be enduring their lives and their relationships uh, instead of enjoying their lives and their relationships. And, mm-hmm. and, and I believe, you know, in large part because we don't always pause long enough as individuals uh, to decide what really makes us happy and what brings us joy and to prioritize doing those things and engaging those ways of being. And, you know, as a man, I know this is uh, something that men are particularly guilty of because, you know, we so often live under the common refrain, happy wife, happy life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and, you know, everybody's heard that before. But your wife can be hilariously happy and you can be miserable. So uh, it's important to take time and reflect on what truly brings you joy uh, and find the space, grace and the borders in your life to be able to engage those things. Uh, So there are three different areas uh, with respect to getting the happy that we kind of want to talk through. Uh, And this will help you get to happy even in the context of your individual life and the life of your relationship. So the first one is self-care is not selfish. It's needed and necessary. You move so fast. I had a question. I'm sorry. Get your question out, girl. (laughs) You were talking about happy wife, happy life. I wanted to ask if you believe that. If I believe happy wife, happy life? Yeah. Uh, not in totality. No, I think there are, uh, some moments obviously where that may be true. Uh, I subscribe to, uh, our pastor says this thing that I wholeheartedly agree with, um, happy, uh, spouse, happy house, uh, mm. where both partners are happy and that makes for a happy house. Uh, because if, if, if all my focus is on making you happy to the detriment of myself, all I'm going to do is resent you <laughs> and, and, you know, be bitter towards you. And the fact that I, I'm all I'm doing is making you happy and never caring about my own needs. So, mm. no, I don't, I don't buy into that in totality. At well, all. they say, you know, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. Yeah, I know. They say a lot of stuff. <laughs> they say a lot of stuff. But, you know, I, I, I don't subscribe to everything they say. Yeah. Uh, they say you should cut the end. what they say you should cut the end of of the uh, uh when you're cooking um uh what is that a, a, a like ham or a, roast. yeah a ham or a roast mm-hmm. you should cut the end off uh they say that not understanding that the only reason grandmama and big mama did that because they didn't have a big enough pan so <laughs> <laughs> so we can't get caught up into what they say yeah and i think what those um that happy wife happy life um uh, mama happy sentiments are really about is sort of how um we women may have a propensity to act when things don't go our way mm. um and And as a semi-spoiled woman, I can sort of attest to, you know, that when you are um, well kept um, and treated well, sometimes you can take it for granted. And when things don't go your way or you don't get your way, um, you know, you can be a little spoiled, have a propensity to throw temper tantrums and things Mm. of that nature. So I definitely agree with what you're saying that men who are providers and um, caregivers um, can sometimes get the short end of the stick, that it's important for us to um, bring balance in Mm. relationship and make sure no one is dominating, that we're like working to beat each other, serving one another, Mm. um, because it can definitely get to a place where it's imbalanced. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So. Semi-spoiled. 
<laughs> okay, we'll go with it. I could argue that point, but you know, whatever. Uh, so yeah, self-care is not selfish. It's needed and it's necessary. Uh, the second one, uh, happiness is an inside job. Uh, no one or no thing can make you happy. What do you say to that? Um, happiness is an inside job is mm. like a mantra for me. Uh, relationships, marriage does not complete you, <laughs> hmm. cannot make you happy. Um, it is an inside job. Like, and I can say that you talked about this earlier in the introduction about, um, you know, people know a, a bunch of our story or some of our story and how uh, we've talked about that a lot on the podcast, um, how, you know, the first five years, I think we said were hell. Mm. Next five were hard uh, in our marriage. Um, and, and then things started to settle down and, you know, probably so five was hell, five was hard, five was average, you know, and then it started to um, get better and, and really great. And, you know, I would say without question that what began to really, truly turn the relationship around was the inside job work, mm. was getting to, you know, my own personal happiness, you getting to your own personal um, happiness, esteem, and no longer looking to each other to be the person that brought us joy. Mm. Um, and so I think that that is critical. You know, the dynamic of you, me and us mm -hmm. is like so important um, and so compelling that you have to be whole mm -hmm. and um, know your purpose and know, you know, have your own life mm -hmm. and stuff um, to um, bring to the relationship is it's critical. Yeah. You know, you got to do your work. It's a it's an inside job. And I, I cannot reiterate that enough. Yeah. And I think, you know, to add to that. So you, you talk about a person not being able to bring you happiness. N nothing outside of yourself really can bring you true happiness. Uh, I can recount uh, when I identified who I was in my job title. Mm. Uh, and then when that job title was taken away from me, uh, okay, now who am I? Mm. Uh, and, and that, you know, began another exploration uh, into peeling back layers to say, who am I outside of the title on my business card, uh, through which so much of, you know, our esteem sometimes can be tied to mm -hmm. uh, if we're not careful. So it's, it's even getting deeper than not just your spouse or the person you're in relationship with, but the things and the positions that you're in relationship with can become entrapments to you as well and kind of block you from getting to the core of who you really are. Yeah. And ultimately it's an emotion, hmm. which means it's fleeting and it's temporary, right? That, um, you know, happiness, you can be happy, you can be sad. Um, it comes and goes. And so it's like, I'm not happy in this relationship. Okay, get happy. <laughs> like shift your atmosphere. Yes. Like that is so much pressure to put on somebody um, as if you don't have a responsibility um, in maintaining that situation. Like you have as much responsibility as the person that you're in mm -hmm. the relationship with for your own happiness. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, you know, like it's raining or snowing today. 
um, and you don't like rain or snow, you know, so that's an, it's an attitude. It's a, it's a mentality. Mm. Um, and you have control over it. Mm. So it's not like something that someone is inflicting on you, Sure, you know, um, it's you, it's, it's an inside job. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the third leg of that stool is that happiness is an intentional choice. So the Apostle Paul uh, really gives a great encouragement to the Philippian church in his letter to them. Uh, and he says this, he says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. So in other words, he's directing our thought life to find the good in everything and think on that. So we got to think on purpose. Mm. We got to think on purpose. We got to control our thoughts and direct our thoughts toward good things. Mm -hmm. Yes. Easy to focus on the negative for sure. Um, And that's why I say shift your atmosphere shift your thinking, shift your attitude, um, and you will shift <laughs> your, you can shift your relationship. Mm. Um, it's all about how you look at it, um, how you approach it. Um, certainly there are things that happen, um, but, you know, when you start looking at it differently, when you show up differently, right? If you go into an event or a situation with your mind made up, you know, when you come home in the evening, here we go, it's going to be, you know, a mess tonight. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what you're going to have, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So if you, um, you know, don't, if you go into it, you know, with that attitude, that's what you're going to get. If you go into it and say, I'm going to have peace in my house tonight, right? At all costs, mm-hmm. that's what you're going to have. That's right. Right. So that's our teaching topic today, getting to happy and really making sure that you're managing your self-care, recognizing that happiness is an inside job uh, and being intentional about choosing to be happy and finding the pure joy uh, in life that's sometimes hard to find. All right, we have our question of the week, and it says, Dear Dr. Payne and Marissa, I'm getting married next month and have always been taught that I should have my own money. Do you think it's important for married couples to have a joint bank account? Hmm. Good question. Question about money. Uh, Well, I definitely think uh, it's important for uh, couples to um, to share resources. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, Whether that looks like they have their own uh, individual uh, bank accounts and and they um, uh, decide that they're going to pay things from their own separate accounts or they merge an account. Uh, I don't believe necessarily in being legalistic and, you know, putting uh, my experience or the experience of anyone else on another household, another relationship about what they should do with respect to their money. Our mantra has always been do what works for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if it works for you that you have a a joint account, do that. If it works for you that you have separate accounts, but you all still manage the business that is your household, the corporation that is your last name, do that. 
Uh, so really just finding what it is that works for you and not letting uh, people outside of your relationship uh, put on your relationship what may work for them, but may you know, cause all kind of drama for you. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think over the course of our relationship, we've tried um, lots of approaches. You mm. know, we've had separate accounts, we have joint accounts. Um, and, you know, I think that money matters is an like one of the top reasons people get divorced. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think communications, right, is right up there as well and talking about it. So I think what you said um, in terms of like transparency and talking about it and figuring out a system that works for your household Mm -hmm. is what matters. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely don't think that it's healthy to come into a marriage with like one toe in, but like saving something over to the side. I I definitely am not um, a big proponent of that because essentially when you do that, you're pretty much already expecting that you're going to need that Mm -hmm. fund, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, You're going to have to tap into that, that. And so the moment something doesn't go right, or you get into an argument, it's like, well, I I already got my stuff over here. Like you kind of, you're going in, but you're not all the way in. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't mean you can't have a personal account, right? But just be transparent about it. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about it. I I feel more comfortable having some money that's mine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, But it's on the table and you're fully transparent about it. Um, Definitely not having a a secret something. Um, I think that that's that's a red flag Mm -hmm. um, for the success and health of your relationship. No, I agree with that. And I, I would also add add to that. I think it's important, regardless of who makes the money, one person or both people out working for the money, uh, that it's shared resources. You both have the same uh, level of access and influence uh, over the resources that come into the house. Uh, You are a team. You are a team. So uh, keeping that in mind and making sure that both partners has financial dignity with regardless of whether or not one spouse works in the home and the other spouse works outside the home to generate uh, resources for the house. Yeah, I like that financial dignity. That's important because everybody's contributing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not about dollar amount, quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. Um, And that that's really important. Um, Again, and, you know, you set your ground rules. You know, what's the dollar amount purchase? Like we talked about earlier with the watch purchase. um, I think in this example, you were going to use some of our shared resources, even though you had, you know, most of it in your personal account. But I think given the dollar amount, even if it was just out of your personal amount, Mm -hmm. it's something that I would still want to know about um, because it's a a big ticket, Mm -hmm. you know, a big ticket amount. Right. Ultimately, if it's if it's yours and we've kind of agreed, then, you know, I probably wouldn't care. But I, I would still want to know, sure. you know, um, it's just like a courtesy. Like you don't go buy a car and I just show up and it's a car in the driveway. But that's our household and right. other households that might work. That might work. You know, Marissa ain't having it. <laughs> that's a problem back at the house. You can show up with a car if you want to. If you want to. You're gonna get some, you're gonna get some bad energy in in the room. <laughs> yeah, and then that's the thing. Like you usually, it's common to have a, a saver and a spender, mm. right, in the relationship. And I think that that's why it took us a little while to work out our mm-hmm. a system that worked for us. Yep. Um, I actually 
think we're both spenders. Mm. Neither of us are savers, unfortunately, but we spend differently. We do. You are a consumer kind of spender. I'm a giver spender. So I will give the house away um, and you don't understand that and you will buy the house away. You know, you will stock the house full of stuff, which I would never do, but you know, so, but it's still spending at the end of the day, whether it's giving or spending Mm. it's still spending, but we have to work on, we need discipline to save. Absolutely. Um, Obviously you can't always do it, but you know, especially when money is really, really tight, but as, as things loosen up for you over time, you you should have some money of your own. Mm. You know, I do, I definitely support that where you don't have to like come to, you know, your partner and ask, can you get your nails done, you know, or buy this magazine or, you know, whatever. I I do definitely think it's helpful and healthy mm-hmm. to, you know, have some money that you don't need to go to. So that's just an adulting, yep. respectful thing that helps um, cut down on some of the tension and stuff like that where there is, you know, we've got some money where I don't have to talk to nobody about. Right. No, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. That's what we say about that. Hope that helps. (laughs) All right. So we are going to call that an episode, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We will continue the conversation as always in social spaces. We'll see you on Facebook. And if you enjoyed the show or you're enjoying the show, we certainly would appreciate your rating and reviews. And we will see you next week. All right. Bye-bye. This is Life, Love, and Leadership. The Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages. Connect with us, find us and follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to learn more about our guests, show notes, services, events, or to get involved, visit SuccessfulMarriages.org. Life, Love, and Leadership is another positive production of Rare Gem Productions. Thanks for listening.